Hi. 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 Hello. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about building open, authentic, loving relationship. I'm curious about jealousy. I'm curious about polyamory. Does it just mean that you're fucking all the time? How can I tell my parents that my partner is already married? I'm curious about... How do you know when you're too busy to have another relationship? I'm curious about dominant and subordinate relationships. I'm curious about sexual health. How can relationships evolve with people as they grow and change? Uh, Magnets make a really good fidget toy because you can do that thing when you put the same sides against each other and they you make them push and it feels like there is a sweet spot where they will just like keep steady but mm. it's so slim it's so hard to find you can just like totally spend hours trying to balance magnets you know and i think that is a good metaphor for trying to balance that that safety mm. stability and passion and variety hi welcome to the curious fox podcast for those Challenging the status quo in love, sex, and relationships. My name is Effie Blue. And I'm Jacqueline Mislung. And on this episode, we're catching up with each other and exploring the need for roots and wings. Why is it that when we feel comfy and settled, we suddenly long for passion and freedom? And conversely, why do a string of spontaneous adventures have us longing for stability? Is it possible for us to both be planted and to fly? Now, before all that, Miss Effie Blue, we have had a few interviews, we have had a week break, and so I have not had the opportunity to ask you this question, but what is the update on your crush? Oh, my crush, my crush, my crush has crashed and burnt. No. My, no, I'm so sad. What happened? Well, I'm sad. No. Mostly because I like that new relationship energy. Who doesn't, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it feels so good if I could just bottle that stuff. <laughs> I would have a legacy in this world that <laughs> generations to come uh, would remember. I would have stock in it and then I would be drinking it like every day. Every day, right? Microdosing. <laughs> Microdosing. <bathe> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Microdosing during the week and like gulping. It and bathing in the, in the weekends. I would spray it on my palms and behind my neck. Yes. yes. Uh huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. If only, if only. But alas, we have to catch it by, you know, reveling in crushes. And that's what I was trying to do. Uh, and it failed. And I am also sad because I had high hopes. And of course, that's all on me. Like I had, I had high hopes all in my head. Mm-hmm. I was not promised anything. There was no exploration of anything. It was just me in my head getting excited. So like, there no no hard feelings, no nothing. It's just like boohoo to me. I'm sad. You know, uh, people ask me what my sexual orientation is. I normally say uh, particular. It's because I'm particular. <laughs> and I just had a crush on this woman because I was just in awe of her professional presence and know how and mm. just what she is capable in the world and also beautiful. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. However. Apparently not so much, not so much. And yeah. What does that mean? Well, I think actually in my head, in my quest for new relationship energy and wanting to sort of have this moment of experiencing something, I put her up on a pedestal a little bit and Mm, she came tumbling down. In her own accord, you know, shame on me for putting her up there and then shame on her for coming like somewhere. She down. jumped. She, she jumped. <laughs> she launched herself over the pedestal. She left. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I get that. so last episode, we talked to Angela Chen about sort of the asexual spectrum, right? Right. And one of the mm-hmm. things that we explored is the idea of a demisexual. So, a demisexual person mm-hmm. is someone who is who feels sexual towards people that they have an emotional connection with, right? So that's what demisexual Mm -hmm. is. And I was wondering if there is a demisexual version for an intellectual connection, not just an emotional connection. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like that there was a label for that. I would be interested in using it, even though I'm not a labeled kind of gal. Mm -hmm. I know there's like a sapiosexual, but that just sounds so pompous. 
that even for a Brit, I'm like, ew. <laughs> no. I was just going to say, when you say it like that with your accent, <laughs> maybe more. <laughs> um, but, you know, I guess they feel sexual, like, take away the, the pompousness. But I think I just, like, crave, like, my point of connection is, is that intellectual connection. And mm. when that dissipates for whatever reason, it's like dead in the water anyway uh, it's okay I feel like people are in abundance connection and our abundance I will crush again and dear listeners I will make sure to let you all know when I crush next time (laughs) I will crush again I'm gonna crush again I will I will Um, so anyway that's uh, that's how life is on this camp how about you how is life on your side of the world I'm good. I'm good. Relationships are good. Work is good. Daughter is good. All the things are good. And and I'm feeling a little antsy. <laughs> ah, everything is a little too good, I hear. Sigh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I mean, okay. So what happens for me is sometimes when I'm all is well and settled, then I start to feel confined. Almost like when, I don't know if this happens to you, when like if I'm in the library and it's too quiet, then I just start to imagine like what would it be like to just start yelling. <laughs> or if I'm <laughs> if I'm in a meeting and everyone's being like uber professional, then I just like visualize and daydream about like standing on the table and she was like cursing everyone out and just <laughs> like, I, does your brain do that? <laughs> I mean, yes, I, I tend to just want to uh, disrupt the situations as well, but I team, I team that part of my brain, but I totally get it. Already. Right, exactly. No, I don't do those things right but that is that's the feeling that feeling when like things are too calm or settled then I start to feel restless and at some point I wondered if this was like a method of self-sabotage if I was either intentionally or unintentionally disrupting things in order to cause trouble Mm -hmm. but now I have a new theory oh do tell I love theories so okay Have you ever been in bed with a partner and you're cozying up for the evening and maybe you're like, you're going to go to sleep and you like intertwine your legs and one leg is through the other and you just like feel like cozy with each other and like comfortable. And then at some point you like are like getting close to sleep, but you realize you can't sleep like this. Like you can't sleep with your legs all intertwined with each other. And so now you start to feel like, okay, I, I want to move. Like I want to roll over. And you start to think, well, I don't want to move my legs because it looks like they're comfortable in sleeping and I don't want to wake them up. And so you like sit in it for a little bit, but then the pressure starts like building inside of you and you're like, I need to move. I need to get out. And then finally you're just like, boom. And you like get your leg out as quickly as you can and you roll over to like the cool side of the bed. And you're just like, oh, yeah. that feels better. Does that make sense? Has that happened to you? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I think uh, the biggest difference is that for a very small person, you and I are both small people, I mm-hmm. revel in a king-size bed um, so that yes. I can have all the space in the world to just yes. roll about. Yes. <laughs> and like maybe like what yes. I like is like my toes touching. Like I like the toes touching. Like cuddle <laughs> yes. period is great. And then like listen, no hard feelings. Like, you know, we have a little bed. Let's find our own patches and like yes. touch toes. Like that is how I like to roll. But I totally understand that moment when you are all tangled up. That actually does yes. happen to me at the beginning of relationships when you're like, oh my God, yes. I want to feel every inch yes. of your skin on the, every inch of and my... It feels- perfect yes. and you're like this feels cozy and wonderful and i just want to like fall asleep in your arms but then actually i don't want to sleep like this because a little while later i just feel desperate to like roll away and then when i do i feel tremendous relief that is what it feels like it is that like push and pull that desire for comfort and closeness and then that desire for like freedom <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and relief and excitement and so that Like literally that happened to me. And when it did, it clicked. I was like, oh, I'm not self-sabotaging. Like this is normal. This push pull of like closeness, distance, closeness, distance. Like that's Uh normal. Totally. This makes me think of Freud's The Hedgehog Dilemma, which essentially uh, a metaphor he uses for the struggle of the human and the human intimacy. It describes a situation in which a group of hedgehogs seek to move closer to one another to share heat during Mm -hmm. a cold winter, but they must remain apart so they don't hurt each other with their sharp spines. And when I think about it, it makes me so sad. 
I think of these yeah. like cute hedgehogs, cold in the winter. <laughs> all they want to do is get close, huddle up, be warm, but they can't. They just can't get close because they will hurt each other. Just makes me so sad. And when I hear that, that's exactly what I think. Yeah, that that <laughs> that, that metaphor immediately like people came to mind. <laughs> like specific yeah. people in my life came to mind where I'm like, oh, you're a hedgehog. I understand mm. now. But yeah, that so that that's it. That push and pull is what I felt. And actually for years I've had this motto, which I think really and this mantra that fits into this, which is roots and wings. And I've used this expression forever. Honestly, I would love uh, to get a tattoo of it. I do not have any tattoos. I would love that to be the first. So if anyone out there is a tattoo artist and you would like to submit your designs for Roots and Wings, um, I am accepting admissions. But I love that because it captures the two things that I am craving, which are stability and freedom. Here, here. So my default setting, I think, is stability. Like my default setting is to like intertwine my legs. And eventually that desire though for freedom like breaks through. And it takes shape it, like in all areas of my life, right? I could be, I could suggest to my daughter, for example, that we spend the day together, that we play games, that we do crafts, that we watch movies, all just inspired by, by desire to be close to her. But then two hours in, you're going to find me in the bathroom and I'm scrolling through social media or <laughs> listening to a podcast or writing a work email because I need a break from that closeness. Mm. Now, luckily, it turns out my daughter is the same way. So we've learned to, bring, to build mm. in connection breaks together nice. um, because at nice. one point or the other, we both like escape. But it's like that. Or at work, I will be seeking out as a consultant, like a long-term project with a retainer so that I can have stability in my schedule, stability in my bank account, However, a few months into the rhythm of Zoom calls and daily emails, and then I start to daydream about walking away from all of it and going mm. back to multiple projects at a time, which, by the way, when I was doing that, I was longing for stability in my paycheck and in my calendar. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you know, in my relationships, I think, actually, I think my relationships historically have taken the brunt of my desire for freedom the worst like that is the place where i have wreaked the most havoc <laughs> mm, that totally resonates with me i guess i almost am the opposite of that my default are um wings i mm. think sometimes i find myself with gloriously large wings that help me soar to mm. the highest of heights um and i think i'm you know thriving and soaring and then i realize i'm missing roots like i don't know where to land and mm. when i do i don't have it's not like a thriving stability it's like inertia or dullness or boredom that even though mm. i'm you know i might be landing and and should be grounded that i'm not really grounded as kind of this temporary just landing pad like i've sort of landed in a desert i just need to like take a breath and then i you know take off again and i think I mean, I, right now I feel like I'm going through one of those, one of those stages. I have nothing to anchor me. Um, I make my own schedule. I can work from anywhere. I can take on projects that really excite mm -hmm. me and really nothing else. And, you know, I'm soaring. I know that I'm going to be at some point, I'm going to be like, wait, hold on. <laughs> like, where do I land? Where are my roots? Like, where, where's my community? Where are my peeps? Where are my lovers? You know? So I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. Yeah. You know, it's funny listening to you say that. It makes me think of the expression that you say of how you are in one place is how you are everywhere. Am I saying that right? How you do anything is how you do everything. Yes. Because mm -hmm. if you have listened to our infidelity episodes, <laughs> we have just literally <laughs> described the way that we showed up in those situations <laughs> where I was like bolting everything to the ground and you were setting yeah. everything on fire and flying free. So <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Here, yeah, here, yeah, here we are. Here we are. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, so this is all right. So the trouble is because I default to stability that, you know, eventually my desire for rebellion has been disruptive for me and for those around me. So for example, in my relationship, I have kind of painted myself into a bit of a corner in that I was in a steady relationship, right? I was married, steady, after the infidelity stuff, like all good. And then I started to date other people with the desire to find adventure, just like Esther Perel calls it, like uh, looking for waves to complement my anchor. 
And of course, in a very lesbian U-Haul kind of way, I jumped into another serious relationship. And so now I have two serious steady partners and I have no French love affairs. I have no adventure. I know. And in the past, when I was feeling antsy, I would feel inclined to hit the areas of my life like a tornado, like with everything around. And honestly, and most commonly, I would have put the burden of that change, that excitement, that venture, those wings onto my relationships. So Mm. seemingly out of nowhere, I would announce to my partner that we don't go out enough and they don't say that I'm sexy enough and we don't flirt enough and we don't long Mm. for each other enough. And this was a pattern actually that I, that my wife identified a few years ago because I was sharing with her that I felt like I was suffocating and I needed to do something. And she was just listening, kind of like unaffected. And when I asked her, I was like, aren't you curious? Aren't you concerned? Aren't you as riled up as I am? And she was like, no, you say the same thing about every two years. About every two years, <laughs> you make the same declaration. And she's like, and I've just learned to like ride out the tornado until it passes. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. You know, I hear you and I know you, right? And we've talked about this stuff so often. I can also tell you that you're not alone. Like, I hear this from so many people. I hear this. <laughs> there are tornadoes people. landing all around the world. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Tornado touchdowns. No, this comes up in relationships <laughs> all the time. In fact, I would say this way of feeling is one of the sort of top reasons why people bring up opening up relationships. It seems like mm. the answer. Like they, they feel yes. a certain way. They think it's their relationship that's causing it. And they mm-hmm. feel like the only way they can get away from it is to make a huge relationship change and of course, open relationships mm-hmm. have been as a part of the zeitgeist recently and everyone's talking about it. It's now mainstream. So more and more people are like, you know what? You know, let's open a relationship. Um, and I can tell you, it's really is not the answer. And we'll talk a little bit about that, that later on. But if you're feeling that way, there are many things you can do. Yes, you can explore an open relationship. My guess, my professional guess is that it's not really gonna answer you're calling or answer the what you the antsiness is what you call that the antsiness that yeah. you're feeling it's not happening outside of you it's happening inside of you yeah i remember we did a live event a few years ago i think this even was before i was a part of curious fox i think i was just a fox at that time and i was sitting in the hey. audience and dr eli chef was leading a workshop and i think it was about the monopoly mismatch and like how to make those relationships work. And in that conversation, she shared this analogy that has stuck with me forever. She said, imagine you are that you have a pool with a large crack in it. No matter how much water you pour into that pool, it will never remain full because it's going to continue to leak through that that crack. And she's like, Mm -hmm. and so if you have something in you that is unresolved, as much love as you try to pour into yourself from as many people and and that you have around you, that is going to continue just to like leak out until you heal that piece inside of you. And I think that's what I hear you saying is you can open up and have all of the people. But if that restlessness is inside of you, none of those mm-hmm. people are going to resolve that for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I find, again, I've heard this. I've heard this pattern, different stories. And this is why I love my job. I get to hear all these different stories. And ultimately, I really end up noticing a handful of patterns that people are going through. And I definitely, this roots and wings, I love that terminology that you've introduced me to happens so often. I find that there are a few reasons why it happens, actually. And this is my theory. To add to your theory, I have some. I have a theory on why this happens. Um, I think we slowly get disconnected from ourselves and spend more and more time in our doing minds rather than in our mm. being minds, and more importantly, mm. in our bodies. Yeah. We get caught yeah. up in day-to-day. We get caught up in other people's needs. We got caught up in you know, our Mm -hmm. stories, you know, just getting through the day and we get Mm -hmm. disconnected. So we don't get a feedback loop of like, it's getting warmer slowly. You know, it's just like, Mm -hmm. we don't listen to it ourselves. We don't hear ourselves. Uh, We miss the signs that allow us to make small adjustments along the way, rather like maybe like stick out 
an arm out of the sheets and and keep that cool, you know? <laughs> Maybe have thinner sheets, right? Make small adjustments. Don't wait to the last minute when you're like, ah, I can't deal with this anymore. I roll them off the bed. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> Don't sleep in the living room. I can't take it. <laughs> exactly. You're like shoving them off the bed. And they're like, what? We're cuddling, you know? It's because you're just like disconnected and you're not listening to yourself, yeah. you know? That's so true. Right? one of the reasons. Also, we did bigger, big picture stuff, right? We lose sight of our purpose, our vision for our lives, our intentions. Mm-hmm. We just get caught up in putting one foot in front of the other. Which is yeah. great from getting A to B, right? It's great. And we, we talk about this. In the worst of days, you just put one foot in front of the other mm-hmm. and you get to the end of the day. It'll get yeah. you from A to B. However, if B is not where you want to be, then mm-hmm. why are we putting one step in front of the other, right? We've lost purpose of mm-hmm. what B is. Maybe we want to course correct and go towards C or, 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 or mm-hmm. Z. Like, but it's just that we lost sight of our purpose, our vision all the beautiful things that keep us going towards thriving, right? Rather than just doing, doing, doing. I think that's another reason people find themselves like trapped in the way that you're describing. Yeah, that completely resonates. Because I think that's true. I think that it will happen. It's almost like, to your point, like I get robotic, I'm in the thing, I'm doing the next thing. And then something deep inside, like maybe that that inner child that wants to play, that Mm. part of myself that has always longed for some adventure and some freedom and frankly had that like squashed out of me for Mm. the first you know few decades of my life like that part like re-emerges and like bursts through because that's Mm. the only way that they knew how to like get my attention was just like Mm. start screaming and to your point I am sure that there were little things along the way Mm -hmm. that were little signs that I was ignoring until finally I just felt like I could not breathe and then Mm -hmm. boom the tornado hit yeah, absolutely. And I think in your case, again, because I, I know you and I know how you show up in the world, though I'm always open to you changing and evolving, Jacqueline. I just want to tell you. <laughs> Thank I you. know you, but I remain curious, my friend. I just want to tell you that. <laughs> um, but from what I know of you thus far, I also know how much of a, a an ethical life you lead, right? That you are mm-hmm. you know, responsible, that you want to show up for everyone, that you your commitments are important mm-hmm. to you. And so you kind of get into a place of like, well, I have a schedule. I promised that I'm going to be with mm-hmm. these people on these days and these people on these days. I'm going to coordinate these people. And, yeah. and you're a master coordinator of pretty much everything, um, your life, yeah. other people's lives, curious fox, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think as a part of that master coordination, you assign yourself certain parts and because you have integrity and you are ethical and you care about other people and you're proud of your work, you show up, you show up, you show up. And I think sometimes that showing up is, is just you getting to the, from A to B that one foot in front of another, you know, and yeah. not giving yourself enough of a, a, a pause to, to, to question like, actually, maybe we need to readjust some of this stuff. Maybe I don't need to go back and forth in the same schedule. You know, that I yeah. might just have to tell people, actually, I need to take some time. You know, I mean, we might have, might have to like disrupt the pattern and yeah. these things. I think maybe that also plays a part. No, that's, I, and, and I almost want to just take a, a breath and a break there because that is absolutely speaking to somebody right now who is listening to this, that you have systematically given pieces of yourself away just by showing up for people with integrity to your point there are myself included the caregivers of the world that you know the other day people often ask about how do I manage all of the things in my life right the four jobs three houses the two partners on the kid and a lot of it is scheduling (laughs) and Mm -hmm. there there are two times of year where my regular schedule gets completely disrupted that is over the summer and that is through the holidays so twice a year, I have to sit down for a several hour process where I look at where my daughter is going to be, who's how she's going to be, because is she going to be in camp? Is she going to be on traveling? Is she seeing her grandparent? Whatever that looks like. Where am I going to be? Am I going to be at the beach? Am I going to be here? Okay, where am I going to spend time with this partner, with my wife? With And I, it is just, it's like I have a piece of paper in front of me and I'm just like moving little pieces around into little boxes. And essentially what I'm doing is just giving away my time. I'm here for work. I'm mm. here for her. I'm here for her. Mm. I'm here for you. I'm here for... And I'm doing that willingly, right? These are things, people mm. that are important to me and things that are important to me. But when I look at that, 
it is exactly what you were describing of just like giving myself away to the point of being overly structured. And after a while, that builds up resentment when you feel like you're mm-hmm. giving more time or energy than the folks around you or where you have given all of yourself away and there's nothing left at the end. Yeah, absolutely. I can totally understand that. And I, I mean, I, I, I observe it um, with you and, and other people in my life. I, you know, it's not just you. And, and I know, like you said, there are listeners out there right now going, oh my God, me too. And take comfort, friends, Foxy followers, that um, you are not alone. Jacqueline is there right, right with you <laughs> doing, doing the same thing. You know, I think it is out of integrity. It's out of love. I think that it happens slowly and you end up in a place where you're feeling resentful, like you said, and disconnected and spread too thin. Totally happens. I think the other thing, and, and Esther Perel talks about this in her book, Meeting Captivity, that when you have those things like rules and structure and systems like that's not where the dirty sexy lives right like the the like lustful passionate spontaneous Mm. oh like the yummy does not live in the same place necessarily as the comfortable and Mm. the predictable and the stable and so it's hard when we as human beings are longing and craving for those things, for both those things, and how they are almost absolutely opposed, like uh, like magnets, opposite side magnets to each other, and they just like repel each other away. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And it's it's. I think it's a lifelong quest to find that balance, to find that sweet spot. And you know, when you actually, it's funny you talk about magnets. I was playing with magnets earlier today as a part of a constructing project, random. Um, magnets are a great, fidgeting toy by the way if anybody needs them i'm definitely one of those people who need fidget toys Um, magnets Mm -hmm. make a really good fidget toy because you can do that thing when you put the same sides against each other and they you make them push and it feels like there is a sweet spot where they will just like keep steady but Mm -hmm. it's so slim it's so hard to find you can just like totally (laughs) spend hours trying to balance magnets you know and i think that is a good metaphor for trying to balance that that safety Mm -hmm. stability and passion and variety so funny should talk about magnets yeah what else causes this there are other things i think causes this we are as humans are super adaptable creatures um that is why we live in all corners of this beautiful planet with so much different living conditions we can do it it's great for for the survival of our species however we sometimes adapt to our situations a bit too much we adapt to an extent that Mm. we stop questioning our status quo we forget to challenge it and i don't mean challenge it in a way that we challenge it in in, in curious fox or a little aggressively but really keep questioning (laughs) keep keep being present but like is my status quo still what I want? Is is this still working for me? Am I thriving? And it's just that staying present with it and adjusting it and course correcting or reveling in, in its beauty and, and its harmony, mm. right? It's that being present piece that we mm. kind of just adapted and we're we're just, you know, flowing and not in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting that you say that yesterday. So yesterday was my wife's birthday and we spent the morning at the beach. She spent the rest of the day there, but unfortunately I had to head back to work, which was super annoying, but I had ridden my bike to the beach. So this way I could leave and and she could still be there. And we live, one of our houses across from a lake. And so at some point I literally said out loud to myself, I am riding past a lake from the beach on my bike to my house. Like I was going from point A to point B. Like I was trying to hustle to go take a shower and get ready for all my Zoom meetings for that afternoon. But I had to stop in that moment and say, my God, like (laughs) what is happening right now? This is incredible. Like it really, even though I was moving towards structure in that moment and afternoon of calls, I did capture that moment of freedom. And that felt joyful. Beautiful, beautiful. I love that you were able to be like, let me just take one second to be present and enjoy what I have. So important. So, so important. I find another reason why people feel not get to that trapped place and kind of feel like they have to 
unleash themselves from themselves, that there is unresolved trauma that continues to have an impact on their sense of safety and stability. And that mm. no amount of safety or stability is enough. And they, mm. they don't deal with it. They don't know how to deal with it. And they mm. double down on external factors that makes them feel safety and stability. And of course, we know that mm -hmm. that kind of safety and stability doesn't come from uh, external factors. It might for a little bit, but eventually it's going to be ineffective. You know, going back to the, the pool analogy that we talked about, mm -hmm. that the more we seek safety and st stability from the outside and we double down on that in relationships, the more we are going to move away from that balance, that sweet spot of the, of the, of the magnets where there's going to be passion mm -hmm. and excitement as well as safety and stability. Yeah. Yeah. We should bookmark this and talk about this, explore this in a future episode, because I think folks like you and myself and others who had some um, challenges in our childhood and who became uber aware of paying attention to people and paying attention to when there was calmness and the moments right before a storm, that for me, at least when there is calmness, I am constantly paying attention to, oh, this is not going to last something's going to happen, right? And like looking mm -hmm. for those signs. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we need to explore that more at some point. We will. I definitely have intentions of exploring more of trauma and how it affects our relationships. In fact, we have an episode coming up uh, where we're going to be talking to the author of Polysecure, Jessica Fern, uh, where she actually talks about trauma and attachment in intersection of trauma and attachment and polyamory. So um, that's going to be really interesting. If you want to read the book before we do that episode so that you know what we are talking about, then you can go onto our website at curiousfox.com slash reading list and you'll find the book there. And so many more books that we recommend. So go and check it out. Last but absolutely not least, one of the main reasons why I think we feel we're trapped in a relationship or we're trapped, we feel trapped in any situation is that we have lost sight of our boundaries, that we have abandoned ourselves and our own boundaries. And by the time we come around, um, we are in places where we don't want to be. And I think mm -hmm. boundaries are so, 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 so important. And we'll, again, we'll talk about it. We have talked about it in the podcast and we will keep talking about this. I would say one of the, even though we're mentioning this last, I would say one of the top reasons why people get that is because they've lost sight of their boundaries. Yeah, all of those things. Check, 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 check. All of those things are me. Let me say, I am at least older and wiser now with the tornado scars to prove it. And so when I'm feeling antsy and when I'm craving wings, I don't have to spiral out and stir up everything in my path. Burn it all down. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true. I mean, I've learned and applied, I think, three strategies that have helped me name and act on the feeling without allowing it to like unravel all the important things in my life. I love that you just like look at it and you're like, I'm going to extract three strategies. I'm going to name them. I'm going to break them down. And it's like, so like, I'm going to Jackie the shit out of these. I love it. Do share. I can't wait. Tell me your strategy. I was going to say, I mean, if, if you're going to go through pain, you got to then at least result it in a list. I need a checklist exactly. of actions. <laughs> exactly. You need at least some chart paper, some colored pens and some bullet points. Yes. Otherwise, oh, why points. are we living? Honestly. <sighs> I love bullet points. Okay, yes. bullet point number one. Yes, go for it. Um, no, honestly, the first thing that I've learned is pay attention to my body. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned this before, and it seems obvious because I'm in my body. But exactly as you said before, I just like check out for my body. And now mm -hmm. I can sense when I'm starting to get that claustrophobic feeling. I know that it is, it's a tightness in my chest. It's like this antsy feeling in my feet. Mm -hmm. I like start to like clutch and unclutch my hands. I do these like quick inhales and long exhales. It's like, mm -hmm. <sighs> size. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so in the past, when I felt that way, I would either label it as anxiety and like ignore it, or I would intentionally write it out and mm -hmm. be like, okay, I'm feeling uncomfortable, but just like push through, push through. 
Yeah. Um, actually, it's funny you should say that because we do pathologize that feeling. We, instead of, you know, the fact that you're saying you would label mm-hmm. it anxiety, exactly. We just pathologize it, often get medication for it. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you're doing something completely different with it. You are actually learning from it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I saw a meme once that said, whenever like I go through something first, I'm like, wait, is it the moons? Is it my period? Is it anxiety? Is it trauma? Like there's a whole like checklist. Sure, yeah. And yeah. then at some point you'd be like, no, just this is how I feel right now. But yeah. So as soon as now I acknowledge it, it, I feel it in my body as opposed to ignoring it. I may go for a run or take a walk alone, or go dancing in the living room, just something that like moves my body in a solo activity so that I can address like that, the physical sensation of the claustrophobia without allowing that feeling to impact then my decisions and my behavior. I love that. I love that. And it makes so much sense and it resonates with me. And I hope everyone's listening is taking note because that connection with the body is so important. I've shared before, I have a practice that I love called five rhythms. It's a movement meditation practice. And I know when I don't do it, it's, it looks like dancing. It's essentially dancing. It's just, you set an intention for it and you move through certain feelings through dance. And I know that when I don't do that for a while, I get disconnected and I feel it in every area of my life. Mm -hmm. And that connection is so important. Some generalized tips for everyone. The three pillars, I think, of connecting to yourself and really getting down with your self-care are movement, meditation, and journaling. Mm -hmm. They seem so basic. They seem so boring. Yet they are your basic, basic pillars. Movement, Whatever movement feels good for you. Is it like, like Jackie, are you a runner? Mm -hmm. Like me, are you a dancer? Um, Mm -hmm. Are you a gym rat? Do you love CrossFit? And if you do, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) Who loves CrossFit? (laughs) Just kidding. Um, No judgment. No, we're just in awe. (laughs) We're just in awe. Yeah, true story. Um, Is it yoga? Is it um, trampolining? Is it silks? Whatever is it, find your movement. Find a movement that speaks to you and have it as a part of your life. Practice it. Meditation. Mm -hmm. I resisted meditation for such a long time. Then I got sucked into it. And now I'm like, why aren't we teaching at school? Which I think like schools are actually now teaching it to kids. All the things people say about meditation are true. Meditation is medicine. You don't... The things that I think put people off and that put me off is that I had this idea that I had to have this like hippie, woo-woo mm-hmm. attitude towards meditation, that I needed a meditation corner, that I was supposed to like look a certain way, feel a certain way, dress mm-hmm. a certain way. None of those things are true the beginning you just sit your ass down and you watch your breathing that is all it is it just seems so simple you you think like how can this be so effective it is effective so just sit your ass down stop with the five minutes and see if you can work up to 20 minutes and then if you want to get to ninja level 20 minutes twice a day which again who are you i know that's incredible (laughs) yeah and you don't have to call it meditation because i do not call it meditation for that Mm -hmm. very same reason where i feel like now i have to have a special pillow and sit in a special way Mm -hmm. and so instead i have time when i'm just quiet or i have time where i try to either quiet my mind or be fully present like things that are intentional in that way but i do not call it meditation absolutely call it whatever you want call it sitting on my ass (laughs) but do the thing (laughs) sit down close your eyes or keep them open just watch your breathing that's where you start really really simple and the third journaling that is probably the one i resist the most now Mm -hmm. i have a i don't prescribe anything to anyone because you should live your own life and come up with your own ways however um i do (laughs) however (laughs) i do prescribe this little exercise If you can't get into journaling, set a time for yourself. Five minutes, again, is plenty. Get a your favorite notebook and pen. You start a timer and you just write. You don't have Mm. to write anything particular. You just write. If for some reason the blank page scares you and you don't know where to start, you can simply describe the air in the room, the temperature Mm. of the room. Because in order to do that, you have to check in with your body. So you just Mm. write, it's muggy and warm. Mm -hmm. And you can, if you know, if that doesn't unblock you, describe what you're feeling underneath your feet and then just keep writing. It will unblock you. And then once the timer goes off, you're done. That's how you start. You don't have to worry about grammar. You don't have to worry about words. You don't have to worry about your writing. Timer starts. 
you write time it goes mm. off you stop writing and that's you know and a good time to do that is actually after you brush your teeth in the evening and that's mm. how you start a journaling practice my friends yeah my partner does something like that where she just writes whatever is coming through her mind as it's flowing through her mind it flows through her pen i write i also do not call it journaling clearly <laughs> resistance to labels but i what i have started to do is you know when you are frustrated or in an argument you're anxious or something you're sad and you have this dialogue in your head so you're arguing with someone in your head you're telling them off you're like describing mm. to people why you're great why you're sad whatever as opposed to just having that in my head now i write it in my phone like in my mm. notes mm-hmm. and then I can step away from it and revisit that narrative and be like, mm. okay, that's a little much, Jackie. Like, let's take a step back. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then I can go in and I can edit and I can edit and I can edit, but I can see then where my frustration is. I can see, and it helps me then when I finally do communicate, do so with less tone, mm. with less drama. Mm. But that has been super helpful. That's that's where my writing comes in. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I know that writing is like, also medicine for you and mm-hmm. it is beautiful and I am obviously in all of your writing I love your writing I do also know that it is so hard for people um, I don't know why yeah. I'm one of those people like if I feel like I can write I know my words but it's just like just getting into a practice of it so um, don't be scared mm-hmm. of writing don't be scared of sitting on your butt and watching your breath and just moving in any way that calls you Mm-hmm. Right, right. Because all those things, the first point of that is that it's a disruption. You're noticing, oh, I'm starting to feel tight. I'm starting to feel claustrophobic. I'm starting to feel longing. I'm starting to feel whatever that thing is. I'm not going to put a label on it and ignore it. I'm going to allow allow myself to recognize this is what I'm feeling. And I'm going to move or write or breathe or do something that allows me to get unstuck from this moment or to push it down because then that will have impact. It will bubble up or it will leak out. So by the way, all these strategies, all these tools and skills are good for everyone. Those who want more roots, those who want more wings, mm-hmm. those who want um, who have too much of one and, and then the other. Um, these all work. Is It is about how do you restore balance? How do we restore yeah. and get ourselves into that sweet spot where we're thriving? That mm-hmm. we are not craving more of the other thing or, or feeling uh, overwhelmed by, by one thing. Yeah, no, totally. Which actually leads us to bullet number two. Mm -hmm. Um, So the second thing that I learned is I have now gained a discipline of exploring what, what areas of my life are calling out for attention. I think before either A, making my poor partners pay the price for my sudden longing for adventure, or B, disrupting all the areas in my life and like turning over every table and dumping out every drawer in an attempt to find something that I have lost, I, instead of those things now, can take stock and pause and say, okay, what are the important areas of my life? And how am I, how am I experiencing and feeling those things? My wife and I, some years ago, created this fuel gauge tool that I now use with my clients to figure out what areas of of life need tending to. So imagine you're in a car and you know your fuel gauge and you can see how full or empty your gas tank is. And if you don't pay attention to it, at some point your car will run out of gas and you will be stalled. And in the same way, if we don't pay attention to the areas in our life that feel like there are gaps that feel empty, that don't feel full, that that will have consequence. We will feel stalled. And so literally I created a document that has like these little fuel gauges in it. And I will I'll I'll link the the tool in our show notes. And then you just write down under it, like, okay, relationships, work, my health, my spirituality, my parenting, whatever those things are. And then I'm thinking, okay, how do I feel right now? In terms of how filled do I feel in my work right now? How filled do I feel in my relationships? How fill, how full do... And if I feel full, that's where the measurement goes. And I'm like, great. If I'm starting to feel empty, the more empty I am, then I note that too. And then I can pinpoint like, oh, this is not a relationship problem. This is a work mm-hmm. problem. Like mm-hmm. I don't feel validated at work. And so as a result of that, I am pressuring my partners to like pay attention to me and to validate how amazing I am. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I see what I'm doing there. So I use this tool whenever I need to. And and then, uh, you know, I've gotten to the discipline of doing it at least once a year with my wife, where we each do it and then we share the results with each other mm-hmm. so that we know how to support each other and how to hold each other accountable. And just, it gives a place for conversation around those important areas. 
I love that. And it's such a good tool. I know that we used uh, a version of it for the relationship by design, know thyself um, mm-hmm. part. So yes. it's a, it's a great tool. Also, I would recommend that could also just be a part of your journaling. If mm, you just yes. printed off these sheets and every day, just as a part of your journaling at the end of your journaling, five minutes, just, you know, just mark the fuel gauge. Uh, where am I today? It. And that I think is a really good way to like keep record as well, like day to day and see your overall patterns and see what correlations there are, you know, like if your career is, do you find that when your career is really going well, that it's actually impacting everywhere else or Mm -hmm. that you kind of compartmentalize things maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so much insight and there's so much learning to be done with some structured reflection that Jackie is recommending. And the fuel gauge is just, it's just like a really practical, great beautiful way to to do that so do it folks do it and also i think the important piece which what you're talking about jackie is the way that you approach it with your partner so partners that we often talk about doing regular check-ins right and often what is understood from that are state of the union let's reflect on the relationships type of and let's figure out what's not going well and and let's fix it and learn from it all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. so very serious very serious. And I think it's important that that is a practice. On top of that, I think if you're being really good with these and if you want to make the most of that time, I think also approaching them and coming with what's going on with you as an individual, which what you're saying, like mm-hmm. I do my fuel gauge, my partner, my, my wife does um, her fuel gauge and we come together and we tell mm-hmm. each other as individuals what's going on with us. That isn't anything to do with the relationship. That isn't anything to do with each other. But mm-hmm. you, Jackie, what's going on? What's the latest? What are all the areas of your life happening in that you individuate that you really sort of show up for yourself and talk about yourself and hold space for your wife to do the same so important because this will help ease the enmeshment right which most of us end up getting enmeshed with our partners it's just mm. how humans are made um <laughs> but having these times where you are seeing them as individuals with what's going on with their life that has nothing to do with you you will mm-hmm. also realize that they are not the source of your woes or your or your joy <laughs> or, or you know that they are their own person doing their mm-hmm. own thing dealing with their own shit and, and mm-hmm. reveling their own joy and hopefully you are collaborating on life on on the areas that make sense to you so add this individual input to your state of the union um mm-hmm. conversations and please 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 make room leave room for celebration of what's going right and mm. leave room for hopes and dreams yeah that's where the wings are that's where you mm. you don't get claustrophobic that you align your vision with your partner that you don't feel like you don't get claustrophobic you don't get myopic mm. you don't only think about how what to change and how to make things better that you celebrate and you dream those are also super super important yeah no i think that's completely true and I, you know, those conversations have also surprised me because there are times that she'll share something and I'm like, yeah, that's how you're feeling. Huh? Interesting. Or like, I thought you used to feel that way. Oh, you don't anymore. You've changed. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes, yes. That's so good. It's you clear what I call clear cash as well. Mm-hmm. Like you clear cash, people change, mm-hmm. people evolve, people get a new mm-hmm. perspective on things, a paradigm shift, life, you know, life changes you and um, approaching it in that way will allow you to clear that cash that you don't just like go back to the version of themselves that you cashed in your head and, yeah. and get bored by that person. You know, yes. I, I I maintain that when we're getting bored by our partners, it's because we stop seeing them. Yes. We just like refer back to a static image that we hold in our heads. Yes, yes. One of my hacks for that is I will ask questions about life before me. So mm. I'll say, tell me about your ex-partner in there. Tell me about when you came out. Tell me about when you were going to school. Tell me about your favorite party that you went to. Tell me something that is life before me mm-hmm. so that I like get this window into a person that I don't know. And then that re-engages my curiosity and, and that spark. And, yeah, Love that. Love that. What I'm hearing you say, Jackie, is be curious. <laughs> what? what? No, I would never. <laughs> yes. Would yes, that be yes. the answer to all these things? Yes. Be curious, mm-hmm. friends. Yeah. So bullet number three mm-hmm. was I learned that instead of the tornado and, and the, the deep desire to like stir up 
everything. Now I can just introduce little bits of change into the areas of my life. Almost like if you're turning up the volume slowly until Mm -hmm. you get to the right decimal, like that, as opposed to just like, boom, and turning it on. Mm -hmm. I like now gradual, gradual, gradual. And I'm like, okay, that's good. That feels good right there. I'm going to stop right there. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And the thing is, you can really only do that if you're getting the the first two right, I reckon. Because right? mm. you're not going to be able mm. to have that anal- analog control over volume if you're not yeah. connected to yourself. And if you're not, if you don't have a discipline of attending to the areas of your life, being, being, mm-hmm. being intentionally attentive totally. to the areas of your life. Once you master those, now you have that beautiful analog dial that yes. you can control, that you can experiment with, that you can do slowly rather than like whacking something on and then like, <laughs> oh, too much. And just like pulling the plug, which, which is, you know. Exactly, exactly. And I love that. Yeah, you, you nail one and two and then three is freedom, you know. Mm-hmm. Then you get to... You get to choose the areas of your life that you want to change and shift and experiment mm-hmm. with and, and grow into. So get to be the beanstalk. Yes. Yes. The beanstalk. Yes. For folks who haven't heard, we, Effie and I have talked about change and how we used to see, I used to see change like a lobster mm-hmm. where you would, a lobster uh, fits itself between like two rocks and when it, when it feels like it is about to grow out of its shell and it literally cracks itself open, quacks open its shell and like its gooey innerness like crawls away and like hides beneath the rock in order until their new exoskeleton forms. Mm-hmm. And that's how I saw a change was like, I start to feel too tight and then I have to crack myself open and my vulnerable gushiness comes out and I have to like protect it until I harden up again. That was exactly how I defined change in my life. Yes. And I took the poetic version of the phoenix that rises up and at some point bursts into flames and then and then rises anew from the ashes. And that it was my version of change. That I was I was this big, glorious, beautiful creature that, you know, when it was time when when I when things didn't work out, that I would just set myself alight. And it felt brave, it felt courageous. It felt like I was doing something literally wonderful as like full of wonder and mm-hmm. that I would you know and, and then like I would just be like and then there'd be ashes and I would just like <laughs> I would just rise from the ashes and just like shake things off and here I am and you know, it just sounds so like when you when you talk about it like this, like initially you're like, wow, what a story. So the terrible. lobster is amazing. <laughs> the 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 fiend such a good analogy. And then you look back. You look back. They are so violent, <laughs> so violent, so hard on yourself. Like you crack your shell open and you have to hide under a, a, a rock because it feels so scary. You're setting yourself on fire. What is wrong with you? And okay, can I notice now I'm seeing these observations everywhere. Of sure. course, my analogy is at the seafloor and your analogy is up flying in the air. Ooh. Because wow. I fly roots in your wings. Wow, what? here we are. Here uh-huh. we are. Yes. And um, those are our old selves. And we mm-hmm. have evolved from that. And I am yes. um, sure our regular listeners will hear the story of when I reached out to Jackie. I was covered in soil and <laughs> I'd just been gardening. I, I had just moved to the Mediterranean, the coast of the Mediterranean. And I started living in these um, mandarin groves and I was like, planting things and growing things. And I had this like revelation and I was like, I have to tell Jackie um, that plants also change and they grow and they expand and they change and they thrive and they are, they do it peacefully in harmony with nature. There's without no any violence, fire. without any fires or cracking yourself open. I planted some beanstalks. I planted some beanstalks and I was watching them. Beanstalks grow really fast, by the way. I really recommend. They're very satisfying. And the thing with a beanstalk is that you plant them and then you put a supporting structure near them, right? You put, you can actually do crazy things like you can plant them with a, a sunflower, which grows tall and it kind of will wrap itself around. 
the very, very cool thing about Beanstalk that it will, it has roots and it wants to be in the sky. It will, mm. with as long as it has roots and it gets nourished from the roots, it will grow. It wants to be in the sky. You oh put some God, support. What Right, mm-hmm. and you put some support near it, and it will grow as far as you nourish it and you give it support, and it will rise and rise and rise as far mm-hmm. as the support. I was like, That is how you yeah. grow, that is how you manage sh- change. Mm-hmm. Friends, be the beanstalk. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So that is it, right? So I used to crack myself open, I used to tornado the hell out of everything. Any violent analogy that you can think of, that's <laughs> the thing I was doing. And then, yeah, now I, I try to use the volume, right? Just like little, I, and I talk about this in my change management work, just small acts of bravery to start to get some movement mm-hmm. is often what you need. Just little things that you're like, okay, I'm going to try this thing. I'm going to try this thing. You know, specifically, for example, I, I'm going to slowly start working on some crafting your path projects that I've been wanting to do because it's like a little bit of change that I can do in my work. I am riding my bike no more so I could feel the wind in my face and like literally feel freedom. My partner and I have started to spontaneously go out for like a drink and some calamari at this like restaurant that's near us, which is amazing. And so we do that every now and then, like that feels like a little adventure. My wife and I have committed to going on one like New York City kind of adventure every month and exploring. We both grew up in New York, but exploring some part of New York that we haven't seen before. I'm saying yes now to my daughter when she invites me to dance in the rain. And so just like, what are some little things that I can say yes to and do that start to just raise the volume in different areas of my life without dramatic change? Mm Mm-hmm. And in addition to Jackie's beautifully structured and very, very valuable tips, just a few other ones to consider. Um, Obviously, you need to figure out what works for you. Connecting with community, um, Mm -hmm. that is so important. If you're feeling you're trapped, if you're feeling that you're untethered, whatever whatever way you're swinging too hard, connect with community. Find people that are like-minded, that you feel Mm -hmm. in synergy with and connect. And sometimes you feel you need to make a change but you actually just need to connect more. So mm. go out and do that, friends. And last but not least, this is um not very popular, but happens to be one of my favorite perspective reset buttons. Volunteer. Hmm. Sometimes we get too myopic with our own stuff, right? And that would be mm. even if even if we're working on ourselves, you know, we're doing all the things, we're journaling, we're meditating. It's a lot of work on ourselves. And I feel like we can get myopic, we can get stuck in our all the stuff. And I feel like volunteering, um, just doing something that has nothing to do with you, volunteering even for a few hours a month provides Mm -hmm. an incredible opportunity to get involved with something that is bigger than you and is often nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. And that can really just help you reset things, just get you a new perspective. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not popular. It's not something that everybody feels that they can do. But honestly, just give it a go. You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. I started volunteering for Curious Fox. Yes. And then... <laughs> and look, and where, then, look where we are. Look where we are now. No, but it, 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 honestly, it was... I was in a tough place and I wanted some like... I was looking for something. And Curious Fox mm-hmm. had the community and then I started to volunteer and then I found, you know, more of my calling. And so, mm-hmm. yes, totally yeah. love that. Love it, yeah, love it, love yeah. it. Yeah, I have definitely... Volunteering got me out of some very down down periods in my life. When I moved to New York, it's one of the first things I did is start to volunteer just mm-hmm. because I was like in a new city. And sometimes you just need to make a big change. <laughs> sometimes you just do. And that is okay. And it will be okay. And if you're going through a big change like that, you should just reach out to Jacqueline or follow her Instagram because that's what she does for a living. You want to deal with change? You deal with Jacqueline. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that, I mean, it's funny because it's true in that I have been so resistant to change for so much of my life that, of course, the things that make me uncomfortable, I lean heavily into. Mm-hmm. I research the hell out of it. I focus on it. It's like, you know, when you have a sore in your mouth and you, your tongue keeps pressing it uh-huh. over and over? Yes. That, is how I, that is how I built my career. <laughs> nice. And so, yeah, yeah, that is exactly right. Most of the work that I do is, is focused on that big change. I think that my great wish for all of us is that we can navigate through change and that we can find synergy between our roots and wings in a way that allows us to thrive. And we're curious. 
Do you crave either roots or wings? Have you found the right magnetic balance? Do you prefer your legs intertwined or, <laughs> or do you want to lay untouched on the other side of the bed? Uh, we would love for you to jump into the Curious Fox Facebook group and tell us how do you find your roots and wings? What you currently craving more of? Any resources that you have had, lessons that you have had, questions that you have had? The Curious Fox Facebook group is where we go to talk about the podcast. And so go and talk about your experience. Roots and Wings, we're curious. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, then right now, in this moment, go onto the little app, whatever you're listening to, and press subscribe. If you are an Apple podcast or follow on Spotify or Stitcher, and if you've done that already, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so appreciative. We're going to ask one more thing. It's only going to take you one more second. Just go to the place where there's stars or where there's ratings and just rate. The higher, the better, but you, you know, choose your own adventure. And while you're there, if you see the little arrow and you want to share it with somebody else, that's also cool. We're not going to be mad at that. So, you know, subscribe, rate, share, all of that stuff really does help us to be able to change the noise and challenge the status quo. And if you like what you heard and you're like, I love that and I want you to explore this thing or I want you to hear my story or I have a question, then there's so many ways for you to get in touch with us. You can either email us at listening at wearecuriousfoxes.com. You can send us a voice memo to that same email address or you can call us and record a question and we will put it on the show at 201-870-0063. If it is summer where you are and it is hot, and you want to go outside because it looks beautiful, but it just is so humid and you want to stay in the comfort of your cozy air conditioner, I have an activity for you to do. Go on to our Patreon and we have over 50 trainings and workshops and event videos and all of our podcast bonus content and interview content. All of it is there. You can go binge on some videos, binge on some podcast extras and support us on Patreon in the process. It's a win-win. And then lastly, if you want to learn more about us, Effie, myself, Curious Fox, you can find us on Instagram. We're hanging out on Instagram all the time. I'm always there. Jacqueline Misla, Effie is at Coach Effie Blue. And of course, finds us on Instagram at We Are Curious Foxes. This episode is produced and edited by Nina Pollock, who grounds this podcast, which in turn allows us to soar. Our intro music is composed by Dave Saha. We are so grateful for their work. And we're grateful to you for listening. As always, stay curious, friends. Curious Fox podcast is not and will never be the final word on any topic. We solely aim to encourage curiosity and provide a space for exploration through connection and story. We encourage you to listen with an open and curious mind. And we'll look forward to your feedback. Stay curious, friends. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious.